0: Welcome to Father's Day. So good to have you with us. Some of you will be uh, traveling down the road when you see this or hear this, and some of you will be sitting at home. We uh, we've had a COVID outbreak amongst our youth, and so in precaution and wisdom, we are doing videos today, and it's live. I'm at the church this present moment, and. Uh, Thank you for taking your time to stop and spend some time with us on this Father's Day. How did Father's Day come about? Strangely enough, a woman had to die in order for Father's Day to come about. Sonia was a young lady and and, uh, sitting in in church on uh, uh, Mother's Day, 1909, and she was... uh, Missing her mother because her mother had passed away. And her father had done a great job of raising her and her siblings. And she thought, you know, we need to have a day to honor dads as well. So a year later, she was able to pull off June 19, 1910. And honored her father for raising the children without their mother. And so it's a very special day, and so through the years it's evolved to where now it's the third Sunday of every June, we celebrate Father's Day. And in America, we really need to celebrate Father's Day, because there's quite a few of our young people that, because of divorce, because of sin, uh, their father is absent in their life. And uh, we need to give role models, father role models, and it's good to highlight fatherhood and put it where it needs to be in its proper perspective, because we have a heavenly Father who cares for us today, and uh, it's pretty special. Well, a gentleman uh, was at work, and he bought into a raffle ticket, and the winner of the raffle ticket was to win a beautiful toy for their children. So he was a father of five, and uh, lo and behold, he won the raffle. So driving home, he's saying, what am I going to do? I have five kids. I have one gift, one prize to give out. And so he contemplated for a little bit. And so he got his kids all together when he got home. And he said, here's the deal. I have one prize and we have five children. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and see which one of you you think you may have earned this prize. He looked at his children and he said, Who is the most obedient? Everyone was silent. So he thought, okay, let's ask another question. Who never talks back to their mother? All five kids, deathly silent. Who does everything mother says? Once again, deadly silence. Until the five kids looked at each other and said, Okay, Dad, you win the prize. (laughs) So Dad, was uh, he's done everything his wife has told him to do, and that's a smart dad. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to, to Luke chapter 11. It's so good to have you listening in today and being a part of our Father's Day celebration. Luke chapter 11, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I think it's important for us to realize that John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. And Jesus' disciples are saying, you know, we see you praying. Because it says one day while Jesus was praying in a certain place. He had a certain place to go pray. And it behooves us to realize that as dads, we need to have a certain place where we go to pray. That our kids see us praying. It's really important. Because if we make prayer an important event in our life, guess what? Our whole life evolves around God then. Because we take time to honor God by taking time. Our time to pray and seek His face. Jesus had a certain place. The disciples recognized that they had that place. They didn't interrupt Him. They waited till He was praying, and then they said, "Teach us to pray," as John taught his disciples to pray. More often than not, prayer is taught, prayer is spoken, prayer is preached, prayer—the necessity of prayer—is constantly being uh, propelled out from sermons and messages, but is it really acted out? So let's take a moment and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, a day of celebration. And Lord, the greatest thing of all is celebrating our Heavenly Father. For God, in your word, you said that you would be a father to the fatherless. And so, God, we all are grateful today for the fatherhood of God and how that he loves us as a good, good father. And, Lord, I just plead the precious blood of Christ over those who are fighting COVID today, God, that you would bring strength and healing to them. Give doctors and nurses wisdom. And, Lord, across our land, we see it rising up again. And so, Lord, we just pray for for strength and for healing. And, Lord, thank you that you are the God of all healing. And, Lord, we pray for those that are recovering from surgery, those having to face surgery, those going through tests. God, that you would take the anxiety away and bring peace and comfort to the inner heart of your people. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. You're an awesome God, and we recognize you as God Jehovah Jireh, the one who has everything we'll ever need in life, and you are the one who provides. Thank you, Lord, for your provision today. Thank you for your anointing. That's upon your word and upon our lives And may this message speak to hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer is an awesome tool because it takes us into the throne room of God. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in that certain place. The question is, do you have a certain place? When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, how be your name, your kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey, has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Illustrations of prayer and how prayer comes together. The Lord's Prayer. Father, there is a need for parental guidance. There is a need for for having a parent in our life. And our Heavenly Father gives us that concept that he is our Father. When we pray, all needs are met by a benevolence, the benevolence of a loving Father. Our Heavenly Father loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His only Son to die on Calvary's cross for our sins. That is a Father's love, a tremendous Father's love. And so it's, Father, hallowed be Thy name. Hallowed be your name is God's presence. Hallowed is God's presence. that we honor God's presence. We enter into His presence with thanksgiving. The psalmist, time and time again, talks about praising God. Enter the courts with praise, giving God praise. And when we give God praise and we call Him Father, we come into the presence of God Almighty and god almighty has a way of ministering to us well how can we call him how can we call him father what is the deal how does that happen and how do we come into the saving knowledge of jesus christ how do we experience the fact that he is father well in in hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 it says therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. So we call him Father because of the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed in pure water, let us hold unswavering to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful for he who promised is faithful. I can't declare that enough that for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. And we call him father because we have been brought into the family of God. We've been adopted into the family of God. And it's such an important thing for us to realize how awesome God really is and how He cares for us and wants to minister to us in every way possible. He is our Heavenly Father. And if we will simply trust Him and obey Him, He will work out all things for our benefit. God is such an awesome God. And I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate His presence in my life his power galatians chapter 4 in verse 4 gives us a little bit of insight as well chapter 4 and verse 4 but when time had fully come god sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full right as sons okay born of a woman born under the law but redeem those under the law that they might receive the full right as sons. So we've been adopted in the family of God. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. So we're an heir with Jesus. Whatever Jesus is involved in, we get the opportunity to be a part of that. And so we have this relationship with our Heavenly Father because of Jesus. And we can call him Abba Father, meaning the close father, the father who really cares, the father who really loves us, the father who provides for us. Abba Father. And it's it's a very personal, loving person. Some people call it my big daddy. Um. I, I that to me doesn't declare his his sovereignty and his his power, but he is our daddy who takes care of us. Your kingdom come. What is God's priorities in our lives today? What is God's priorities in the life of the believer? God's priority is is that His kingdom would come. That we would declare that His kingdom priorities. That we would declare that righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit that's the priorities that are established for you and for me that it's not about food uh, That in Romans it talks about that concept of it's not about food but it's about righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit working out peace and joy in the hearts of mankind you see When we allow the kingdom principles, God's kingdom, his principles rule in our lives, it establishes in us a love for ourselves, a love for God, a love for our church, a love for our nation. It it establishes when we declare the kingdom of God, when we declare the righteousness of God and, and the love of God and the peace of God, we are sharing a love for ourselves, for our family, for our church, for our community, for our nation. It's interesting that people think that things just kind of happen. You know, as a child, uh, breakfast shows up, lunch shows up, and supper shows up. And you don't think much about it until mother gets sick or dad's not at home and there's no meals coming. Or when you get older and grow up and have your own children, you realize, you know, it was kind of magical when I was a kid. We just walked in the kitchen and supper was there you learn that it takes a recipe it takes grocery shopping it takes cutting vegetables and fruit and putting it all together and on the average anywhere from 20 to 2 hours to make a great meal give us each day our daily bread god's provision god's in His infinite grace and mercy said you need to pray you need to pray Give us each day our daily bread. I love this prayer because it, it talks about us. It's not just the individual. It's us. It's the body of Christ. It is the family of God. It is all of us together. We must, on a daily basis, ask God to give us our daily bread. To give us our daily bread. And, and there's more to it than, than just bread. And some of you are real excited about that. It's usually what's between the bread that gets the most excitement. Jesus is the great need maker. He, he meets our needs. He, he knows how to take care of us. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray and ask for supplies to come. He will supply all of our needs as we ask. God knows what our needs are. people say, well he knows what I need he'll just bring it to me. Then if that's the case, why did Jesus instruct us to pray for our daily bread? We've been instructed to pray for our daily bread. God supplies all things and we've been instructed to And then it goes on to say, forgive us of our sins. Notice the plurals here. It's not about just us, uh, me as an individual, but it's about us. Forgive us our sins as we, now it's down to me, as we forgive everyone who sins against us. The power of giving. You see, when you forgive somebody, the last part of forgive is to give, meaning you give grace to them, meaning you give them the power to say you're forgiven as if you never said that insult. I forgive you. It's forgiven and forgotten, and I won't bring it back up to your case. And it's, it's the power that we have in forgiveness. God forgives if we forgive. And it's it's a beautiful thing. All throughout Scripture, it's the law of reciprocity, meaning what we give out, we get back. But God is such a good God. It's not just the fact that we give out forgiveness and then we get it back, but we get it back multiplied. It's not the fact that we give out our time to a project, to an individual who can't pay us for our services, but we just give it to them. God multiplies it back to us. And that is the multiplication principle of our God. God gives us the ability to forgive and we forgive. We need God's forgiveness in order to forgive others. And daily, we are to set our will to walk in love and forgiveness towards mankind. Paul, I know it's hard for you to understand this, but you're going to be offended today, tomorrow, sometime this week, because you're human. And because you have a carnal flesh that you live in. And so it's important that you practice forgiveness before the offense. How do football players uh, do so well on the field? They practice the plays, and then they practice the plays when they don't work out. What do we do when it fails? We still have a backup plan in the back of our mind. They practice on how to hit the ground and roll rather than try to catch themselves. They practice rolling towards their back so that they can pull in their arms and their legs so they don't get damaged when they hit the ground. We must practice that we don't get damaged in our spirit by being angry at someone because they've offended us. You know, the craziest thing is is that we can cut somebody off on the highway... Uh, not intentionally, and think nothing of it. But when someone cuts us off, we just get feeling mad. It's important that we practice forgiveness. And so what do you do? Tell yourself, I'm going to forgive the person who cuts me off on the highway today. I'm going to forgive the person who, who runs into me. I'm going to give the forgiveness to that person who jumps line at lunchtime. I'm going to forgive. And you'll say, but pastor... That's not right. No, it. That's the carnal flesh. Walk in the spirit of forgiveness. Daily set your will to walk in love and forgiveness. It's so important that we do that. Lead us not into temptation. The devil wants to tempt us to do stupid stuff, our carnal flesh wants to drag us away from God. But the power over Satan is simply in leading us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. God has the power to do that. And you notice this prayer is something that is not just a one-time thing that's done on Sunday morning in churches. It's a lifestyle of living it, this is an outline for you to pray it's not for you to pray the lord's prayer and say okay i prayed today i'm cool i'm done i'm out of here no it's an outline and we're to pray that the power of the devil will have no effect upon us you know job was a neat guy he was sinless in the sense that he was had his sins taken care of he was living for god he was a upright citizen And the devil says, let me tempt him. And God said, there's Job. He's a servant of mine. He's in right standing with me. Go ahead and tempt him. The devil tried to tempt him. And the devil came back and said, I can't get to him. There's protection around him. If you'll drop your protection, God, off of him, then I'll be able to get to him. The hedge of protection. I want you to know that you can pray a hedge of protection around you that keep you from harm and keep you from evil. The hedge of protection around yourself and around your loved ones. Dad, your prayers are powerful. As you go to work, maybe that's the place where you can be praying and saying, God, I plead the blood of Christ over my family today. I plead the blood of Christ. Put a hedge of protection around them. No harm or evil come upon my family today. You see, there's a divine partnership. It's for God's kingdom and for God's glory. As you look through the Lord's Prayer, it's for God's kingdom and for His glory. Praise God that He shares His kingdom glory with us. 2 Timothy, it talks about the crown of righteousness that God has prepared for those. In John chapter 17, it talks about the glory of That has been given to Jesus. Jesus in turn is saying, I'm giving my glory to them. God's glory has been given to you, saint. God's glory. But the problem is, is that we have to get away from our flesh. We have to get our minds upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We must begin to read the word and begin to experience the glory of God. Prayer teaches us that the glory of God is available to us. Jesus said He's giving it to us. But we have to get rid of the sin in our life in order to experience the glory. But to get rid of the sin is simply saying, Father, forgive me. And God, come into my heart. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in Jesus living in your heart gives you the power to quit sinning. And when you quit sinning, the glory of God can show up and minister mightily to you. Such a powerful, powerful thought. As I begin reading about this uh, friend who, who had a need at midnight. Then the one side, then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. He's closed up for the night. And my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is a friend. Just because he's a friend, he's not going to do it. Yet because the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. The generosity of God. The generosity of God. He will give up and give him. He will get up and give him as much as he needs. Friend. Being a friend to your neighbor is so important. And when the friend says. Come. And help me. Stop whatever you're doing and help him. Show him the love of God. So I say to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. So it's an illustration of generosity. God's generosity. The man gave because of persistence. Not because of friendship, but because of persistence. Jesus is teaching his disciples... Your prayer life is going to be repetitive. You're going to ask for things and they don't happen right away. But if you will be bold enough to knock on the door and keep asking, God hears. Now, some people say, well, I've already said it. God heard it. That's enough. There's something about the persistence. It's something that gets inside of us that when we begin to want God's will more than we want anything else in our life, Things become greater in our life. God becomes greater in our life. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. You'll notice these three words are all progressive words. They all speak of direction. They're the present tense. A continuous asking, seeking, knocking. Three imperative Greek words with the present tense meaning that you don't stop asking. You don't stop seeking. You don't stop knocking. People ask me, well, pastor, you know, when what do you how do you pray for people when they don't get well? What do you do? You keep praying. What do you do when a doctor says uh, they got a couple days? Keep on praying for a miracle. You'll say, well, pastor, it might be God's will for them to go home. So be maybe they go home. But I still believe that if we ask, seek and knock, God is still there and he will work through the inevitable. Death is inevitable. We will all go the way of the grave unless the rapture of the church happens. And I'm looking forward to the rapture myself. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you uh, give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Fathers, which of you fathers would give your son a snake instead of a fish? We're evil and we know how to give good gifts. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. But the bottom line is, is that, Father, you grew up in your carnal flesh. And you're going to give your children the very best you can possibly give them. That is just common sense. That is just what fathers who love their children do. They give them the very best. But the beauty of this is, is that the disciples are saying, teach us to pray. Jesus gives them illustrations of prayer. And then he talks about how that the Father gives good gifts to his children. But how much more will our Heavenly Father, will your Father in Heaven, your Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. To give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Okay. God says we must pray daily and ask for our daily needs to be met. Talking about food. Talking about supplies. Talking about a job. Talking about... Paying the bills. God said I'll supply. If you'll just simply ask me on a daily basis. And I propose to you. That the problem that happens. In a lot of people in America. Is they don't ask God. If you will simply ask God. For the Holy Spirit. Your father in heaven. Gives the Holy Spirit. To those who ask him. Have you asked him dad. To fill you with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Just ask and begin to seek the power and the presence of God Almighty. It might be in that certain place of prayer you have in the morning, it may be driving to work that you begin to praise God out loud. You begin to move your lips and move your mouth. And God gives you a prayer language that is only yours. That God has blessed you with the ability to pray in the Spirit. Your inner man is released. All the tension and all the strife that's deep in your heart is lifted. And guess what? The glory of God is there. Because the Father gave the glory to the Son. And the Son said, I give the glory. In John chapter 17, I believe it is. I give the glory... I give the glory to them, Father. I give your glory to them. So when you are speaking in a prayer language, you are experiencing the glory of God. And there's a lifting in the the very presence of God. Hallowed be thy name. Entering into the very presence of God when the Holy Spirit begins to work through you and pray through you. What a powerful, powerful tool is the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues it's for everyone it's for every believer all we have to do is recognize that we have a heavenly father who wants to give us that precious gift of speaking in tongues and all you have to do is ask for it you'll say well i've asked and it hasn't happened keep on asking you see the principle of ask seek and knock applies to the power of the holy spirit You say, well, why do I have to keep doing that? God is perfecting us. We're not all perfect yet. And so in our asking, perfection is taking place. I would like to tell you that I have all the answers in the world, but I don't. All I know is is I trust God, and He will work out all things for His glory. He will work out all things for His glory. And so it's important, Dad, today that you give Him your heart. That you give him your time to pray. Because you see, your children emulate you. They follow you. They do what you do. They say what you say. You have a powerful impact upon your children, Dad. Not only that, but you have a powerful impact on your boss at work. When he sees you working as unto the Lord, not to the company. When he sees you being kind to those on the job you say, well, I haven't got a promotion in years, and I've done all those things. Your promotion is in heaven. God sees, and God is blessing you mightily. Let God bless you as you give. Because there's no place uh, other than this place that you have right now to give. As you give of your time, your talents, and your resources, God said, I will multiply back to you. As you give Him your tongue, He will fill you with His glory and His presence, and you will have the Holy Ghost flowing through you in the glory of God will be riding with you to work. The glory of God will be in your spirit, in your life, in your step. You will have uh, a greater joy than you've ever known before because joy is produced by the glory of God through the presence of the Holy Spirit being activated in your spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful today for fatherhood. We're grateful for our fathers who have loved us. Our fathers, Lord, who have set patterns for us. And Lord Jesus, today, we honor our fathers. But Father, you are our Heavenly Father in Heaven. And you bless us by sending your Son, Jesus. You bless us by allowing your Son, Jesus, to send us the precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done and what you're going to do. And may we seek you with all of our heart to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit that God wants to give all of his children who seek him with all their heart. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for viewing with us today and being a part of our Father's Day service next week, Lord willing. Notice I said Lord willing. I just can't hardly believe we had to do this today by virtual, but you know what? I'm thankful that we could, and I trust you've been blessed today. Thank you for your gifts. Those of you who have been giving online, thank you so much. It's a it's, it's great privilege to, to be your representative, to pay the bills of the church. Thank you for your faithfulness giving to God. And I pray that He will multiply back to you time and again over what you've given. God bless you. Have a great day. Happy Father's Day.